Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Teach Me to Talk with Laura and Kate. I'm Laura Mize, pediatric speech and language pathologist. And I'm Kate Hensler, developmental interventionist. How are you tonight, Laura? I'm great. How are you? Well, you don't really want to know. I'm great. <laughs> yes, I do. What's wrong? We both sound no, like I'm we have a... Just little silly things. Just fighting off. I'm. I know I'm getting the dreaded cough. It's like not here yet, but I can tell. I, it's almost here, and I have a sty on my eye. So other than that, I'm just terrific. Well, it's a good thing we don't have that we're not skyping this broadcast, or we would yes, all I'm see glad. your sty on your eye. <laughs> Yeah, people I'm have glad. asked me that before. If I if I would ever consider doing the show, uh, like as a webinar where people could see, mm. my answer is always no. You don't really yeah. want to see me. Really, <laughs> I, I, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm hurting. Oh, what did you do for yeah. it? <laughs> you might not want to share your medical treatments on the air. I'll ask you that afterwards if you did what? anything to it. Oh, it's died. No, no, I just let it, just it go. Came this today. I think I'm just going to put washcloths on it and hope for it to go away. That's what I usually do, too. We're taking anti-inflammatory. Pretty much mm-hmm. would take that anyway, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you're not feeling well, and I told you now ever since uh, a few weeks ago when I was really recovering from my cold that now as soon as I log in for the show, I start feeling like I have to cough, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're quite the pair tonight, aren't we? Oh, well, let's just carry on. Make it work. Carry on and make it work. All right. Um, I have some great news that I've shared on uh, TeachMeToTalk.com's Facebook, if anybody has taken a look at that. But I'm opening a new office in Shelbyville. I'm so excited. Yay! This would be where I insert the applause track if we were advanced enough for that. Wait, I didn't I didn't contribute. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for your exclamatory word there. Awesome. Oh, I'm really excited because I've gotten requests, especially in the summertime, because I think that's when people usually like to travel. But, oh, gosh, even from the first year of the website, I've had requests for that. So I'm so excited that I can offer that and really cater to out-of-town families who want that specialty of Al and who need maybe a second opinion or who just are anxious to get going or they don't feel like they have local resources or, again, just might want somebody else to take a second look. So it's going to be really, really exciting, and I've had some requests for that already. I'm filling up some slots, so that's exciting to me. So I just wanted to mention that we um, are never going to have more than one family at a time in the office, so I think that really makes people feel important and not rushed. And so I want people to know it's not going to be back-to-back-to-back, and you'll get my 100% full attention, Uh, so I'm really excited about that. We're also offering weekend appointments since you can't always fit everything into Monday through Friday, and I'm hoping that's going to really work for parents who are out of town. We also have some multiple-day packages so that you can come in and get an assessment on one day and then have subsequent days for treatment, and then that final day have a big 
final ending conference with all the strategies that we talked about in the big review and send you on your way with a DVD of the child's treatment session so that you can watch that later and go back and say, what did she say? How did she do that? And so I'm just thrilled to death to get to talk about it. And there's even a, I don't know if you want me to talk about this or not, Kate, but there's a Laura and Kate assessment package too <laughs> if uh, someone needs um just joking, that's what we're going to call it off the air. I probably shouldn't have said it on the air, but it's a comprehensive <laughs> developmental assessment where we're looking at all five developmental domains and really coming up with a solid set of recommendations to target any area your child might be having difficulty with and send you away with a good treatment plan. And, again, I just can hardly contain my excitement as I talk about it. I think it's going to give lots of families hope if they haven't had if maybe their providers have concentrated on the negative things rather than let's look at where your child is and then let's talk about how we can move him forward. And, um, again, really solid treatment advice with goals and a home program and tons of good recommendations specific to any family that would come. So, again, I just wanted to mention that and with any um, – listener needs more information, you can email me at laura at teachmetotalk.com and I'll be glad to get you an information packet and answer any questions you have via email and then call you and get everything set for you to come see me in Shelbyville. So again, I'm really, really, really excited about that if you can't tell already. Which Shelbyville is just outside of Louisville, so it's not, I don't know if everybody listening would, I guess if they've listened enough, they would probably know that, but... Yes, a little suburb, as northeastern people would call it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's kind of a suburb of it's it's its own town, but it you know geographically it's definitely a suburb of Louisville. So easy to get to. You could fly into Louisville if they needed to fly or drive Mm -hmm. wherever. I know. So all that information is available if anybody wants to contact me about that. And again, we're scheduling, we're uh, filling slots beginning the last week in June and forever and ever after that. So uh, anything else like that? You're going to let people stay at your house when they come for overnight things, right, Kate? Oh, oh just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I think you forgot to mention that. <laughs> we'll have to add some extra fee in there to accommodate hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, just you get my house clean for them to come. How about that? That's a good plan. Just kidding. That's not yeah. available. I was just saying if Kate's listening. My silly little sense of humor. Okay. All right. Tonight's show, let me move on before I say anything else that's inappropriate and out of line. For tonight's show, we are talking about what to do, therapy ideas to do when a kid is just sick and tired of you and all of your standard therapy routines. And last week as we were talking about what we're uh, doing for this week, for this week's show, we mentioned that this happens a lot as a child is about to turn three. It's like somehow they know you're a birth to three person and they're not going to see you anymore. And so that those last few weeks sometimes are hard to keep a child's attention. And it's almost like he's saying, I'm done. I've seen you for a year or a year and a half or six months or however long it is. So sometimes we need to really dig deep to come up with new therapy ideas that are still going to be fun and enticing and entertaining for children. So that's what we want to talk about tonight. 
but it looks like we have a caller. So let's check and see if the caller just wants to listen or if they really want to ask a question. I'm going to go ahead and do that before we get going with our topic. Okay. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Hi, Do you have a question for us? Yes, this is Linnell from Denver. Hi, Linnell. How are you? I'm great. Um, I have two questions, and I don't want to take you off track too much from your your topic. And That's actually, okay, but hang on one second. Kate, do you remember Linnell? She called several weeks ago. She had a, has her little boy's name is Elijah. And Linnell, let's see, what question did you ask when you called before? Let's refresh Kate's memory because I remember you, but I want to be was, sure Kate was remembers that, Was too. that when I was in California? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, ahead. I think so. I yeah, think um, so. The preemies, not talking. You also, on um, Mother's Day, had ideas for bath time and outside mm-hmm. play, although he still thinks I'm crazy um, <laughs> during bath time. I'm still working on it. <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to be sure Kate remembered. All okay. right, so she's on track. She remembers. I'm with you. Um, and I think you answered my question as I was hitting one as far as um, – your new office, which is very congratulations on that accomplishment. And then this weekend, and I know that the holidays are coming up, and so I just didn't know how that would all work out for your out-of-town families. Well, Linnell, I will be more than happy to talk with you about this after the show, but we can accommodate that. (laughs) You know, I am not going anywhere for the 4th of July holiday, and because I have officed at home and pretty much run a 24-7 business with the website and with shipping our products and with writing all the stuff, and we have this podcast on Sunday, so it's already kind of a work day for me, I am sure we're going to be able to make that work. Okay. And I'm definitely going to email you later. Yeah, that sounds great. And you got an information packet about that already, didn't you? Didn't I email you that already? Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so excited. I get to meet a podcast caller in person, Kate. How exciting is that? (laughs) (laughs) And very exciting. He has shown a lot of improvement. Um, Okay, good. It's been really good. I mean, it's things that no one else no other parent that is dealing with this understands, and so when he showed me a toy, I was so excited. And you know, I had friends like, oh, okay, that's great. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> so he initiated. He's starting to initiate with you. Yes, yes. So that's I'm awesome. very, very happy. So he's doing really well. And so my next question is, with your podcast, is there an easier way to kind of search for different um, topics, because I find myself, as I'm reading something, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to listen to that show. And then, it's, oh, yeah, I want to listen to that, but then I have a hard time trying to categorize. Oh, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> so do we, because sometimes what happens, you know, I write the show summary before we do the show, and then mm-hmm. if we get a caller, sometimes we don't even talk about what the theme was supposed to be, or sometimes Kate will say something or I'll say something and we just go a totally different direction from what I thought the show was going to be about. And so reading the titles should give you a place to start, but not always. And there's not really a great way with Blog Talk Radio, the the 
website that we use for the shows to go back and edit once it's in there. Okay. Because of iTunes and because of how it's, I can't really change the title of anything, and then I can't really alter the description. Um, so, I wish I could give you a better answer on that. And uh, other people have asked us that before, and we always just kind of giggle and go, oh, "Good luck," um, <laughs> because there's really. Really, no way to categorize that. And I have often thought, oh, I should just really go back and listen and have maybe a master list. But so far, I have not really had time to be able to put something like that together. Uh, So using the titles would be the closest thing that I can tell you. Okay. I guess you're just going to have to go back and listen from the very first show. <laughs> Which I have been doing, but then of course I'm gonna skip when I'm like, Oh, you know, the social play I was like, Oh, I need to hear that. You know, we did a series last summer. Let me tell you a couple of series that I think would be great for your situation, Linnell. And I don't know what shows these are, but I'm writing myself a note right now to try to go back and look so I can send it to you and say, Listen to shows, blah, 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 blah. Last summer we did a series called Stages of Play. Mm-hmm. And remember that series, Kate, where we walked mm-hmm. through the whole kind of beginning play and walked through all the way through um, more advanced kind of pretending. So that would be a series that I would listen to because I know that you've said Elijah kind of struggles with that and you kind of lose them a little bit when you're playing. So that would be one. And, we again, we did that last summer, and they were called Stages of Play. And, okay. you know, there were, gosh, how many shows in that series, Kate? Four, five, six, something I like know that. it was way more than we thought it was going to be. Let's put it as usual. We yeah, tended big to surprise. be long-winded, yeah. and it took longer than we thought. <laughs> that would be a good series. The other series that you just mentioned, we did a social skills series. Mm-hmm. And that would be really good, too. When did we do that, Kate? Do you even remember? I don't remember. I don't remember either. It might have been last year as well. It might have been last fall. So I am making my little notes to email you those um, and try to get you those show numbers. But are you, um, when you're looking in the archives, do you click over to the Blog Talk Radio site and look through their archives, or do you just kind of click through? I don't know how you where you look. All over the place. Like sometimes it's okay. kind of, if I'm clicking from the website and I see the entire list and I'm going through or right. if I'm going through the website and you may mention, oh, you know, we talked about this, look at this show, and so maybe I just need to keep a notebook of different oh. <laughs> show numbers. Well, then you like, would be a lot more organized than Kate and me if you did that. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, wish there were, I wish I could give you a better answer on that, but... I don't have it. And, again, it is in my master notebook of things I need to do, um, but somehow that just never quite gets done. It would probably be easiest if you on iTunes, too, because the show titles are all right there and you could just flip through. But the caveat to that is the title sometimes isn't quite what we talked about. Um, so that might be a a better idea if you I don't know if you have used iTunes before, but that's that might be a, a better way to go. And yeah. it's still free. Yeah, I'm just very familiar with 
both of your voices because I listen to it at night. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I've had clients, mothers, tell me that they uh, have put they and oh gosh, I don't even want to say it because it's certainly not the intention of any DVD or anything I do for it to be used in that way. But I've had mothers tell me before he falls asleep to you every night, and I think, oh boy, that's pretty funny. I will say that Elijah was very entertained with your the tone of your voice and the excitement. And when we were struggling with sign language, as soon as you got to that part, he's like, okay, I'm done, and so he just. <laughs> He's a little bit uh, resistant to signs, isn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know, when you come, yeah, when you come to see me, I'm going to remember that, and we'll talk about that and figure out what we can do about that. But you know, didn't he? Is he on the spectrum, Linnell? Did you guys get a formal diagnosis for him? Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids on the spectrum really don't sign before they start to kind of pop out some words. And for those kids, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of kids that start to even say some of our early sign words and then kind of go back and add the sign. They almost do it, um, if they're going to sign, kind of pick it up even after they've started to use some words because then they start to say what I'm saying. And then it's like they notice me. Then they notice me doing the sign with it, since I almost always mm-hmm. sign when I talk for those key words. I, have you had that happen too, Kate? I have quite a bit, and I always yeah. think it's kind of interesting because it's not the typical progression, but it, with kids on the spectrum, it seems like the verbal imitation is almost easier than the gestural right. imitation. But they right. do get them, and it's kind of cool when they do get them, but you know, it's yeah. not the, the normal way, but that seems to be pretty common. Right, and so that's not completely unusual. And I just wanted you to know that about him. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's kind of a, a pattern that we would see. Okay. Um, so keep doing it, but don't get discouraged just mm-hmm. because you're not seeing that automatically pop back up. And, you know, gesture use really is a deficit for lots of children that are on the spectrum, especially pretty early on. And Elijah's just turned two. So he's still really young. Um, so don't don't not sign, but don't get upset if you're not seeing lots and lots of progress in that area, too. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like the dog is gonna start signing before he does. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. You Anything else it. we can do for you? No, no, I think that's it. Um, I just look forward to hopefully meeting both of you soon. So, thank you so that much would be for awesome. everything. We would well, love to down. meet you or and Elijah. We'd love I to guess. see you. Yeah. East, come on east. Yeah, that's what we'll say. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay, I will email you those show numbers, and then I'll try to look back through the list, too, and see if anything just kind of hurriedly catches my eye as I'm looking at the list with things that that I remember that might be really specific to your situation. Okay, great. Sounds okay. Good. Thank you. Good to hear from you. I'm ready. Bye-bye. Bye.
Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Our regular topic tonight, let's try to get on track here with talking about therapy ideas for what to try when your standard toys and routines may be getting a little old with your friends. So I just write down some things that I do to kind of spice things up. And, Kate, you just I haven't sent you this list. I know you're flying by the seat of your pants. So just interject anywhere that you want to um, add, and I'm not going to do this in any particular order. I'm just going to start throwing ideas I out there. I have one of these kids tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, so I need the <laughs> suggestions because I need it. Okay, I, and again, a month's eye of free. I'm just, I've written these down, and I don't know specifically, you know, you have to kind of think about what the kid is and what you've already done and what you haven't done and blah, 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 blah. And I know that you know that. I'm just talking for our listeners here. So just some things that I wrote down. The first thing that I would try to do is start with what a kid already loves and just expand props or add something new just to mix it up a little bit from what he or she already likes. Um, I, for therapy tip of the week, and I forgot to uh, mention that at the beginning of the show like I usually do, The I posted that on Friday, and it was another expansion of the pretend play baby doll theme that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks with therapy tip of the week. And so, you know, after you've played dolls with a kid for a while you, and he or she seems to be getting a little bit tired of that, you need to bring in some new things that might make that more fun. So if anyone is listening and hasn't seen Therapy Tip of the Week, I guess it was for June 1st, go back and and watch that short little video because it talks about this and it talks about how to expand play in that way. So for dolls, I said if you had not been giving the doll a bath, that would be fun. You might add Band-Aids. Band-Aids are always a really fun thing with dolls. Don't you have lots of kids who love Band-Aids, Kate? Oh, I boo-boo all day long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can kiss the boo-boo. You can rip the Band-Aid off and scream, ouch, which is a lot of fun for a lot of kids. Kids, can you can pretend to make the baby get hurt, you know, all over again. You know, drop them off the back of the couch. Two-year-olds think that is hysterical. And if you've not played with a baby in that way, you know, just look at what a kid already likes and then think, what can I bring in to this? You might have, if you have if you have a hairbrush, you might say to the child, and sometimes you have to give mom a little bit of heads up to see if she thinks it's okay, but you might say, you know, do you have a brush? Or let's brush baby's teeth. Go get your toothbrush or anything that might be just novel enough to keep a kid really with you and really... <coughs> excuse me, really wanting to play and just by adding something that's new to what you already do. I'm doing another, the last segment on Pretend Play, um, Therapy Tip of the Week will be this week where I'm going to talk about how to bring in other um, other kinds of toys and kind of mix up your sets a little bit so that if you've not, if the pretend microwave that you might have used just with looking 
at the food and having the kid cut the food or whatever your regular routine is to pretend to cook. You might bring baby dolls in with that, and you're specifically cooking food for the baby doll. And that, again, adds another little dimension. If you haven't played with that toy in a little while, that makes it even better. And you're helping a kid sequence even more actions, but you're keeping it within the overall realm of something that he or she already liked a lot, but it has just gotten a little bit stale. Uh, when I was in Kroger today and I was kind of walking down the toy aisle aimlessly as I do, I was thinking, you know, if I had a kid that liked baby dolls and I had, we had never, you know, I was looking for new ways to play or whatever, and we were working on expanding for 10 play, I, there was a stroller on clearance a baby doll stroller for six or seven dollars and I thought oh boy that would be a good idea I would I would take I would say to the mom let's play on the porch today and you know do some things with that baby doll in the stroller and again you can still keep doing the things that you've done for the past few weeks but by bringing in one or two or three or seven new things (laughs) it makes it more interesting and, and kind of keeps the kid they're with you, and they're a little bit more willing to play when they see that you've changed it up just a little bit. So that's idea one. Do you want to add anything new to that, Kate, with expand your props with something a kid already likes? Um, no, I think you did a good job of it. I'm good with what you had to say. <laughs> the other idea goes with this, and I believe I already kind of said it. You mix up your sets of toys. So if you have a kid that loves Thomas the Train, and again, this might be a little bit different problem in that he only wants to play Thomas the Train, and you're thinking, how can I get him to move on from Thomas the Train, and he doesn't like anything else I like. And we've talked about this before, that you would just mix up your sets a little bit. If you want him to learn how to play with the farm animals or the zoo animals or um something besides Thomas, you introduce that so that you're playing with those things together. I've put the barn right beside Thomas's tracks before, and we've tried to see what farm animals are going to fit and stay on top of Thomas while we've made Thomas go around the tracks. I've built tunnels and towers just out of blocks or Legos or whatever, is available, and we use Thomas to knock those towers down. You know, what two-year-old little boy wouldn't think that's hysterical, and you're transitioning him to another kind of toy to play with Thomas. So mix up your toys, look at what you have, what he might not have been too interested in before, but bring it into what he already loves and likes, and you think you have half a chance of keeping him there with. I've built um, new tracks for Thomas out of blocks or, you know, anything that you might use just to, again, kind of keep him hooked there with you and keep him with you. If you have a set like Animal Hospital, and we talked about this several weeks ago on the show, when I Use that little house with keys as a therapy tip of the week. If you've only had one set of characters or animals in Animal Hospital, take all of those things out and put completely new toys in there um, and keep rotating and keep things fresh with that. If you've only used animals, put your little characters in there like Elmo and Dora and that sort of thing. If you've only had farm animals in there, get out your zoo animals or, you know, whatever you think that a kid might like today. I picked up some animals on clearance when I was in 
you know, I have one of those super Kroger's with the, that even has a toy department in there. They had some little sets of horses and dogs that were oh. on sale for a dollar. Yeah, and I thought, okay, that would be fun. And especially for kids who like to sort and who, you know, whatever your language goals are, if you're far enough along to be thinking about plurals with, you know, sticking an S on the end of that. Kate, I know that's really too speechy probably for you to work on, but a speech pathologist listening to this might be working on that. That would be a way to add and add some novelty and then target maybe a goal that you've never thought of working on before, too. Our little friends that are on the spectrum usually love to sort. They're highly, highly visual. So introducing a whole little set of animals to go with a toy that they've already seen might be just enough to kind of keep them with it again. So you routinely do that, don't you, mix up your toys? Or use one thing or another thing that you've not really done? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, my thing is I have all of it in my car or trunk, so, you know, organized yeah. not. But, yeah, and it does seem like that does encourage them to engage in play that sometimes if you just started there they wouldn't engage in it you know because you're using their preferred object or character Um, and I always caution parents you know don't like get too hung up on well the scale is off or this isn't realistic enough or because sometimes parents do and it's like you know what right two-year-olds don't care about that stuff they don't care if, if Thomas sits at the table or Really, the chair is way too huge for the object or the character you're trying to make sit there. And parents sometimes, you know, like, well, that's not right. And it's like, if it works for them, it works for me, you know. Me too. I have let Mm -hmm. Thomas play on my um, little Fisher-Price playground before, and Thomas has been on the swing, and Thomas climbs the ladder, and Thomas goes down the slide. Who cares if a train really can't do all that? And we talked about that, too, with feeding Thomas and getting Thomas to go to sleep and all those really early pretend play things. You can you can still do it, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. So that's a great point. And scale is a big thing. I mean, I, sometimes parents really do kind of pick up on the nitpickiest things. You know, the pig can't fly. Well, in your two-year-old's mind, he can. So that means in my mind, he he can. <laughs> So don't get well, and sometimes it's the very quirky, you know, kind of bizarre thing that gets them. You know what I mean? It's the fact that you went along or you you modeled that the pigs could fly, and they might recognize that that's goofy, but it's intriguing to them, so it gets their attention and they stay with you. So if it works, it works. Yeah, Mm -hmm. don't think about it or question it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, so that's another one. Another thing that I had some luck with, and I told you I've had my own, uh, this has been a challenge of mine recently, but the little girl that I'm seeing who's over three that I didn't see when she was in the birth, when she was under three because she wasn't seen by anybody. So she's, you know, three and a half, and so she's a little bit older. Language age, though, she's still back at 24 to 27 
months or so. So you have to really think about, okay, what is she like language-wise here, but her interests are a little bit older. And again, because she has a full year of play experience that some of our children, you know, don't have at two and two and a half, you know, she's seen a lot of these toys before. So some things in her mind that I might present, and certainly oh, her, that her poor mother has tried, she just totally box at and will not do and is not interested in and one of those was play-doh because they have played with play-doh over and over again so i really tried to talk to her mom about bringing in other toys when she does the play-doh like she likes she's just now really getting into little play with plastic characters and she loves toy story characters and so i mm. suggested to her mom that she play with play-doh with the characters so mom's never done that before they've only played with play-doh with the cookie cutters Right. So sometimes bringing in, like we just talked about, mixing those things up. I found a really cool uh, set of, I think that if you search it, it's called Play-Doh Play Pages. And the idea is just to copy those on your printer and you can either laminate them, <coughs> excuse me, or put them maybe in a um, one of those plastic sleeve protectors so that you can add Play-Doh to the pictures. Sure. Like the picture might be, let's, make some carrots to to for the rabbit to eat and that was pretty fun you know pretending to you know what color we're going to use you know which play-doh do you want do we want and we're really working on with this little girl not just saying the color you know if you show her a yellow cup and say what's this she says yellow so it's given us a good opportunity to really pair a color with a noun so that she's thinking about something besides labeling everything by color. Um, and the, the templates were really cute, too. She really liked making faces for this little boy and this little girl, so that was kind of cute. And, again, it's something she's never done with her mom. It was a totally different way to use a toy that she's pretty darn familiar with, and her mom emailed me back over the weekend and said, those, play, those Play-Doh pictures have been really good. And I, I don't think I've mentioned this. Her mom is about seven months pregnant, so her getting up and chasing her and running around with her and hooping and hollering with her is probably not going to happen from this point on. <laughs> so we want to get some things that are easy for mom to do and that will excuse me, hold her attention, and so far she's really like those. And because she's kind of a book kid, so she already likes that kind of almost pre-academic experience. Her grandmother was a kindergarten teacher, so, you know, she's had practice with that kind of activity, so she really liked it. It was a good way to, again, she was pretty interested in that and stayed with it, and her mom reported some good success. So um, I meant to post that on... Facebook's TeachMeToTalk.com page, the link for those Play-Doh pages. I will try to go back and do that. I'm going to write myself a note because that's been cute. Now, that will not work with every kid. I mean, I have had just as many friends, little friends that I play with hate the sight of anything like a page like that because it's not a toy or something fun. But for some of those kids who are a little bit more mature, you know, that's been something that we've been able to really hold her attention with. So I wanted to mention that. And I had never really used a lot of a lot of that before with Play-Doh, so it was kind of fun for me, too. And Play-Doh, what's it called, Play-Doh Pages? I think it's called Play-Doh Pe- Play Pages. But it's just from a mom's blog. It is not from a company or anything like that. She found these templates, and then I, you know, follow all these 
blogs on Pinterest, and I think okay. Pinterest is where I originally saw that. Uh, and that's another thing is looking for new ideas on Pinterest. I don't know if you have done a lot of that, Kate. I know you're on Pinterest because we've talked about it, but there are some really cute therapy ideas on there that you can adapt for individual children. Something might catch your eye, and it might just, you know, kind of make you think about a new idea or a new direction. And so those little play pages or some uh, Play-Doh pages or something I found on there. But I'll try to post the link to that because that was cute, and that's certainly something I'm going to keep in my bag with Play-Doh forever because it's, you know, something I've never done before. So it's probably mm-hmm. new to most moms that that we would be working with. My all-time favorite thing with Play-Doh, though you can't even get any more, it's that Play-Doh barbershop. Boy, if they ever make a new one of those, I'm going to buy about ten and just stop It's piling. so weird that they've quit making it for so long. I've I've been, I actually ended up getting one secondhand because I was looking for it for so long. But it's been like years since they. Years. I know kids loved it. Love it's it. Like, it's a little. It's a kit from Play-Doh. Play-Doh makes it, and it's. You, it's a barber shop, and so you put the Play-Doh inside the character's head, and then you push the lever, and the hair grows, and then you have scissors that you can cut the hair. I've had really active kids just kind of try to tear the hair off, but it's cute and fun, and that's my all-time favorite Play-Doh activity, and these pages will not replace that or any more traditional kinds of things with Play-Doh, but it is something to add a little spice when the kid is kind of over what your standard routines are with Play-Doh. Um, dump trucks are another fun thing that I try to do with Play-Doh, the little Bob the Builder characters and uh, Bob the Builder um, vehicles. Hmm. Those are real fun with Play-Doh. I've done a bunch of stuff with that, too, because you, you can make the bulldozer actually kind of roll the Play-Doh up if you get it started. And, ooh, can't you see how kids would think that's fun? <laughs> <laughs> I may have to go to my attic to see if I can find my whole Bob the Builder Rolly and whoever else they were. Boy, that's a blast in the past. Yeah. I know, all those characters. And I have a Bob the Builder set that's, I think you have it too. It's that magnetic block set. Mm-hmm. I believe I do. And it's an oldie but goodie. And, again, if you weren't practicing when Bob the Builder was all the rage, you might not even know who Bob the Builder is, but that was a fun toy. And it's something that sometimes I use with Play-Doh. And it's every time I do it, or or I'll use that with a sensory box like beans or pasta or something, and we're actually trying to fill up those little, even regular trucks or, you know, little dump truck or a tractor of anything, anything like that, that you're mixing the idea. You might have used sensory boxes before, and you've certainly played cars and trucks, but combining that and hiding the construction kind of toys inside the beans or sand or whatever, mode you're going to use with the sensory box that's a lot of fun especially for little boys they seem to like that a lot so that would be another way to use your sensory boxes with your cars and trucks Uh, there are a ton of sensory box ideas on pinterest and i have um, teachmetotalk.com is the account name that i use on there and i've got a whole board of different sensory box ideas and a lot of those boy i think I'll look at them, and they're so beautiful and so artistic. I'll think, boy, that mom spent a lot more time than I would putting that together. 
<laughs> but it gives you really good ideas. And so uh, a lot for, of those things, For the actual sensory box they do? Uh-huh. Or? Yeah, huh. yeah. And so there might be an ocean theme or there might oh. be a jungle theme or there might be a... You know, I've already said construction, but anything like that. There are tons of ideas that you can think, oh, I never would have thought about using that particular toy of mine, you know, with a sensory box kind of thing. I'm trying to look really quickly. I pulled it up. Um, There are, oh, shoot, scroll, scroll, scroll. I have, I can't even find it, probably 50 different sensory box pins on here with different themes and different ideas. So, yeah, so uh, a great way to, yeah, 57, 57 (laughs) different um, sensory box ideas. So I think that's that's worth looking at. So that's on Pinterest, and that's the account name I use on there is the website name, teachmetotalk.com. So that's an idea. I would also tell you that if you've had a kid with pretty good attention and you haven't done a lot of gross motor play or it's been a while since you've had to do it, with a kid who's not really with you anymore, doing uh, several gross motor play activities just works like magic to pull a kid back with you. And so if you've already done balloons and bubbles and the launcher toys until a kid is sick of it, Try some new things. Try a bowling set. Toddlers love those little plastic bowling pins. Kate, you gave me the Silly Six Pins game, and I like that too. So Mm -hmm. any kind of version of bowling is always a fun gross matter activity. If you are really tired, you could set up the pins and then sit while the kid did it. (laughs) But tons of language opportunities there as you're setting up the pins, as you're having the kid request more for the pins. They're really easy targets with words, even if you have a kid who, you know, isn't very far along uh, language-wise. You're still working on your core vocabulary with words like ball and up and down and more and mine and again and all play, all of those really, uh, again, kind of core vocabulary words that you would want to do. So bowling, that a $10 bowling set, will pay for itself within a few days, I think, because that's a really, really fun thing to do. If you've bowled inside with a kid, you might try changing where you bowl. Uh, if mom or dad, you know, if you're there at a home and they have a long hallway, sometimes that's what I try to do is kind of move to another area of the home that we haven't played in before, and that's that's really alerting for a lot of kids. They want to come right back to you because it's you haven't done it before. It's brand new. Or play out on the porch since the weather's nicer. Anything like that where you can introduce just some little portion that's pretty new for a kid. So bowling is certainly um, a fun thing to do. A beach ball, we talked about that a few weeks ago. I don't play with beach balls in the house, but if I were going to play with a kid outside, that's certainly something I would try. It's not something I have with me all the time, but because the weather's nice, that's, again, something I might pull out that – that I have not done with a kid because it's been winter and we've been inside and we haven't done a lot of that um, really kind of play where we could run further distances and that sort of thing. So that might be something I would try. Because it's summer, water play I think will be 
maybe something new if you haven't done that before. And you can pick up lots of cool um, water toys. I usually try to find a water wheel and do that with water and sand is fun through those little water wheels. I haven't played, I didn't play water with anybody over the fall and winter. Did you, Kate? No, I didn't. That's a summer thing for me. Me too, because I get pretty cold when I'm wet. So, and I don't do it with every kid. If it's a kid that I think is going to really, you know, want to get in my Rubbermaid or whatever I'm using for water, I wouldn't do that therapy activity with that kid because I would think, okay, that's going to be more than what I want to do. And if you're spending all of your time managing behavior, <laughs> you're probably not working on language at all. And so, if you have a kid that's not, you know, mature enough and not kind of beyond that point with you don't use this kind of activity with him this would be you know where you kind of pick and choose who you're going to do it with but water is always a fun thing to do another thing that i do with water um is i have several years ago found a barbie blow-up swimming pool and so if you have lots of little characters or even um animals i'll use that with the little swimming pool and pretend the cow's going to go swim and the duck will drink and you know adding water in the pool may not again make lots of sense to a mom (laughs) but a kid's going to think that's a lot of fun especially if your only contact with water might have been you know pretending to give the the baby dolls a bath but water play would be a really fun thing to introduce if you haven't done that in a while and most kids like it even if they're a little older and more mature i bet you can hook a kid with that kind of play so look for that and sometimes um, you might have to put together a whole new little set of um, toys maybe pull out some of your uh, water animals like a duck, but add that with some fish and, you know, get those little rubbery frogs and maybe some snakes, those little uh, plastic snakes and things. And they, you can find those little sets cheap, cheap, cheap at the Dollar Tree and Walmart and those little places like that. And, you know, pull things together from different sets to use for your water play set. And that would be lots and lots of fun. Your guy tomorrow might like that. It's a girl. I'll have oh, to think. Well. <laughs> it's a girl, but she's a girl. But she likes, a, you know, she has in the past liked a variety of things that I wouldn't necessarily have predicted. So it might work. Yeah. I had this um, this one thing that I use for water play a lot. It's, it's really a plastic chip bowl. You know, the chip uh, trays where the sides are kind of round and the middle has... Um, like a hole where you would put the dip in there or a bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use that as a swimming pool a lot. Oh, really? And, yeah, kids think that is funny. And I got it, like, on clearance somewhere, you know, one of those impulse purchases where it's a buck or two, and you think, oh, my God. And it was blue, so it made me think, that looks just like a swimming pool. And so where did you have put the water on the outside? or on? I put the I put the water on the outside like it's a big moat. Okay. And then I'll try to hide... And with I don't know why this works with this toy. You know how you do it one crazy time, and you think, "Oh my gosh, that was fun! I'm doing that again." My my routine is I put the water in, and then I tell the kid, "Close your eyes, you can't see." And I try to really hide what I'm putting in the middle, 
and then, you know, kind of in where the dip goes, and I keep my hands over it, and then we take out one thing at a time and let it swim, and then you make it jump oh. in and splash and just something about because that's probably very new, and it looks just like a big swimming pool or a moat. A lot of kids have thought that was really pretty darn funny. But it's um, the centerpiece is kind of small, so you can't, you know, I can't use... 25 toys in there, but you can put a frog in there and a fish and, you know, other tiny, tiny toys that would go in Mm -hmm. there. And then kids even think it's funny if you have a car or something. You know, is the car going to swim? And, you know, they think that's hysterical. And you put, you know, bring in whatever vocabulary you want to use. But that's a winner, too, all that water play. And water wheels are fun. Do you have a water wheel? Probably somewhere, huh? I think in the attic in my water <laughs> box that I need to dig out. Yes, I think I do. Yeah, and that's it's um it's warmer, so that's a fun thing to do. And if you, if you haven't played with that in a while, that that can be a lot of fun. And then you can you know again adjust whatever items you're using based on what a kid can say and do and what he likes. So that's another one. We're almost out of time. I've got a couple of more things that I want to talk about, but I wanted you to talk about cooking, Kate. Now, I haven't done a lot of cooking with kids, but you have done that, haven't you? I have. I haven't done it a lot. Mostly, to be honest, I've done it um, for, well, I've done it over the holidays before, but I've also done it for the kind of birthday session parties. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a cute idea. I just do cookies, um, the easy slice and bake. I do not, you know, mix up the dough myself or anything creative like that. I go to Kroger and buy a <laughs> stick of sugar cookie in the tube kind of stuff. And But then I do have a variety of um, candy toppings, any kind of, you know, sprinkly whatever. Uh-huh. And I've gotten themed ones before, like, you know, clearance at Target or whatever so that I have quite a variety of sprinkle-type candy, whatever. Right. And um, really that's it. I I kind of do it really not unlike I would do Play-Doh, just like you're, you know, we... Right. Um, actually, I've even used some of the Play-Doh, my Play-Doh Me accessories too. before, yeah. where I use yeah. the rollers and I use yeah. the, cut, the little cookie cutters and... You know, they're good because they're all, they can't, some of the real cookie cutters are sharp, you know, yeah. and I'm kind of concerned that two-year-olds aren't necessarily yeah. ready for that. But the Play-Doh stuff really works. I found that generous amounts of flour is necessary because <laughs> they want to play with it so much that it gets so, like, mushy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I have a sprinkle thing where I sprinkled lots of flour on it. Um, and then, of course, let them like decorate. A, what did you put that in, like a powdered sugar container or something? Yeah, I have. Actually, for um, for years I've had this ceramic deal that is made for sprinkling flour. So, oh, wow. Uh, you know. Yeah, That's who fancy. knew? But I think maybe my mother-in-law gave it to me years ago, and I was like, thanks. But it turns out I have <laughs> used it. <so. laughs> kind of a cool Not thing. Not to bank for her son, but it's right. Dead. right. <laughs> But, um, and so then just, you know, really we bake them. And, of course, I always think, are you sure you want to eat them? But most kids are interested in <laughs> in eating them. So that's kind of, it's not really um, anything too creative. But a lot of kids 
Some kids, of course, this age have had the opportunity to do that sort of thing. A lot of the kids I see really haven't, and it's really novel, and they think it's pretty cool to get to, you know, really make something and then really in the eat kitchen. something. They make yeah. In the kitchen, in the real oven. and So that's what I've done with it. Now, I have done that with my own children, certainly, when they were little, but I don't think I've ever done that in a session. And when you've told me you've done that before, I've always been so impressed by that. So that's great. And I would think moms would think that was pretty cool and pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, it's gone over well. Like I said, it takes the right kind of kid in the right kind of situation. But, um, you know, I seem to have, at least on that front, a decent guess on, oh, she'd like that or he'd like that. and. It right. really pretty much takes the whole hour, and, you know, it's pretty, and it's, like I said, usually I do it, if not the last session, then near the end of the day or my right. tenure with the child when, you know, we're kind of looking for alternatives, so it's fun. Well- I think it's a great idea, and I think it would be good for therapists who work in states who don't want you to bring toys, but who you're still supposed to come up with activities that you're going to be able to do while you're at the home. And so I think that would be a great thing for a great activity that a lot of therapists could find um, a lot of use for, even for a variety of different families. So that always sounds like a good one. That sounds good. I never really had it not work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And what I usually do for birthday visits like that is I'll take cupcakes and we light the cupcake, uh, light a candle and, you know, sing happy birthday and open presents. And I have a little birthday book, a Maisie birthday book, and we kind of follow the progression of this little birthday party as we look at the book. And, again, that works better for some kids than others because some kids are into books and some kids aren't. And by three, we certainly hope that a kid can look at a picture for, oh, at least ten seconds while you read the little thing and then you sort of act out what that page is. And I've had a lot of good luck with that. That's a fun little thing to do. And it's always sweet because it's the last visit and it's a special visit. So I I think that's a, a fun little routine to do if someone has not done that before. I still do them with almost all my kids. Yeah. Do balloons, do the candles. Boy, they don't they love to blow out candles. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> they a really love cool it. activity. <laughs> Most of they them, I guess, haven't usually it. done it, you know? I mean, right. So it's and you very sing novel. happy birthday, and they can, you know, if they're ready to sing, or even if they're not, you'll have a lot of kids who, you know, light up as you're, singing that and try to, uh, you know, they'll do something, vocalize a little bit if they can't get all those words in. If I've worked on pronouns with a kid and I've sung that for a while, I do try to pause while they do you, you know, and really point to them. I think of several of my little friends that have thought that was hysterical, you know, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, and they think that's pretty funny when you're exaggerating and pointing and tickling them on you and so that's a fun thing to do okay arts and crafts i want to talk about this and then i have a whole other section that i guess we'll carry over to next week with early kind of i i wanted to say board games but they're not all of them are not board games but games that i found that are Good with kids that are older, too, certainly three- and four-year-olds, that they can play, how you can modify them so that they work. But we'll save that for next week. But the last thing I want to talk about in our last five minutes 
would be uh, arts and crafts projects. Now, I think it takes the right kind of kid to think this is fun, and we talked about this a little bit uh, last week or the week before when we were talking about this topic. My daughter could have done art projects all day long. She never tired of that. That was fun for her. She could sit and do it forever and a day. And one of your daughters really liked that, or maybe both of them did, right? Especially my younger one. Same thing. That was really her very early on. Um, just loved and had incredible focus and uh, ability to stay with it for long periods. Greta kind of liked it, but it was short and sweet. Laura would do it for ever, it seemed. Maybe but did certainly it not hours. all the kids we see are that way. But right, and you, a kid has to have a pretty decent attention span, and they have to kind of like that already. Kids who like books usually can transition to this kind of activity, but sometimes maybe not. But early little arts and crafts projects, stickers are always kind of fun when a kid is just getting started. You can find stickers pretty cheaply um, at Walmart or any arts and crafts store. I liked when I did a playgroup program, I would make little books so that I cut up paper into little, you know, sections that we folded it and even stapled it in the middle like a, like a spine on a book or even on the one of the corners you know <laughs> excuse me and we would use stickers kind of related to whatever our theme was that's fun for some kids kids love glue sticks oh, and even don't, if you're, they? don't they and so even if you are don't not even quite sure what you're going to make. If you have some paper and some colored paper, some leftover construction paper from home from your older child, put it in your therapy bag <laughs> because even in a pinch you can come up with even tearing the paper, which is a nice, you know, that's one of the prerequisites for cutting and lots of therapists and adults don't know that. So even tearing the paper in half and then gluing it on the back and then sticking it on the paper. I mean, you are sequencing actions, and there's a definitive order that you have to do it in. It's not gonna, it's not gonna stick until you put the glue on it. It's not gonna stick when the glue's you know right side up instead of upside down. So good ways to practice that whole kind of sequencing one step, really building attention. Um, and again, kids love glue sticks. So that might be an alternative. If you have a kid that likes to color but is never, or, you know, write. Don't you have some kids that pretty much try to rip the pen out of your hand as soon as they see that, you've, <laughs> that you're writing a note or writing something I for their parents? certainly do. Yeah, yes. those are kids that really are probably going to like arts and crafts kind of activities. Uh, washable markers are lots of fun for lots of kids. Um, but some kids aren't ready for that. And I don't met, if a kid isn't showing any interest, I don't necessarily insist that they do that kind of activity. <laughs> Excuse me, but for children who are getting older on your caseloads, that might be something that might be fun for them. And, you know, you've noticed that they like to draw, you know, pick yourself up a set of glue sticks and some extra paper and do that next time because that a lot of kids think that's a lot of fun. Of course, painting is fun for some kids. Some moms will totally wig out if you're going to paint because they, <clears throat> excuse me, think you're going to make too much of a mess. <sighs> Talk with that mom and encourage her about <laughs> how important it is to provide a variety of experiences, but when it's all said and done, you have to be sure that, you know, if you're in someone's home that they agree to that kind of um 
that kind of activity. A fun little thing that I've um, posted on Pinterest that I've not had the right kind of kid to do it with, but I think I'm going to do it next time I go see my little friend that I was talking about earlier, is you kind of, you it's a homemade game so that you're, painting the edges of those cheap paper plates. And you know the paper plates I'm talking about, Kate, that are mm-hmm. so thin and cheap. You right. fold it over, you paint the ed- well, you paint the edge, then you fold it over and just cut it out so that the circle is all that's left. And then you use a paper towel tube. And I guess that you're, uh, I haven't looked at it in a while, but somehow you need to secure the paper towel tube so that it's, upright and then you throw the little rings your homemade rings that you've made onto the paper towel tube an older two early three-year-old four-year-old would think that was a lot of fun especially if you made the whole thing start to finish Mm -hmm. so i think that's a cute little arts and crafts activity to do but um and there are several really good ideas for uh those kinds of activities on Pinterest. So check out teachmetotalk.com's board on there for more ideas. Okay, next week I'm going to talk about favorite games or early board games. And just saying to a kid, and I said this to my little friend when I was there to see her a couple of weeks ago, you know, you want to play a game? Oh, let's play a game. And her mom emailed me and was like, thanks for that word, Laura, because now all she wants to do is play a game. <laughs> But just being excited about that and, uh, you know, making it fun and new and giving a kid a new little phrase. And, you know, it's something that she's never done before. It's not like playing with her toys. So she's very interested in her mom. has been so creative. She's been able to. She said she's taken her plush, um, her little stuffed animals and, said, okay, this is the game. Mickey has to do what I say. And so she's been able to work on all kinds of auditory processing stuff that that little and following directions is that our my little friend would not do before because she felt like she was being too directed during play. Mm-hmm. And so mom said by just calling it a game and saying, Mickey has to go sit on the couch. Mickey needs to go in the kitchen. Mickey needs to go to sleep on my bed. She's able to follow all kinds of directions that she wouldn't do before because her mom says it's a game and, you know, introducing those things that way. So it's amazing. Sometimes presentation (laughs) makes a huge difference. Um, So I wanted to throw that idea in. But next week we'll talk about those early games because I probably have half a dozen at least that we'll talk about and those may be some new toys that a therapist could pick up but a lot of these I think have been on our our go-to list for a while but I want to be sure to talk about them and how to use them yeah and you know maybe I'm, I'm just thinking out loud I probably need to go that route with this little gal that I'm seeing in the morning because I really haven't and she's probably ready for some of that so yeah I well will. those will be fun I will go to the garage now (laughs) to put them in my car. And you write yourself some good notes so from Monday to next Sunday you remember what you did (laughs) and can share all of your highly successful 
strategies with us. Well, I like the swimming pool idea. I wish I would. There's maybe I'll go to Walmart and get the blue. I like that. I the chip bowl idea. That's cute. Yeah, it was cute. I bet you have something that you can use for that, or even just a rubbermaid or something. But something about that blue plate and that it hole needs in to the be middle. Blue. That's the fun of it. It's got to be shiny and blue. It's pretty cool. Well, that'll give you an excuse to uh, leave early in the morning or run out and do that before you Go get there. I wish I lived tonight, closer. Yeah. I'd just <laughs> run your mind so you didn't have to go get oh, a well. new one. Oh, well. That's there never you go. a problem. <laughs> well, I have steaks on the grill, so we are wrapping this show up. All righty. All right. Join us here next week. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Bye. Bye.